Welcome to the Tanakh Podcast. Today, Yecheskel Perak Dalad, Ezekiel Chapter 4. And today, yet again, we are dedicating our learning to the success and safe return of Chayalei Tzva Haganali Yisrael to our dear IDF soldiers and to the safe return of the Chatufim, of the hostages or abductees in Gaza. Perak Dalad, what an exciting Perak. It's an amazingly visual Perak. Let's read. Take for yourself a brick. So Yecheskel has to take a brick and he's got to somehow engrave upon it um, an image of Jerusalem, you know, image of Jerusalem, the walls, the Knesset, you know, the windmill, I don't know, images of Jerusalem. Um, you're going to engrave that on this brick. And now, but you should build a siege around it, maybe a fence. Uvanita lea daik. A daik could be towers, according to some of the Mafarshim, according to others, battering rams. Vashafachta lea solela. And you shall make a mound like a ramp, a siege ramp against it. Manatata lea machanot. And you should make army camps. Vasimalea karim saviv. With all sorts of, again, military in- instruments or implements around. So what he's essentially doing is, is creating something which represents Jerusalem. He's sort of creating a model. And now, And now, take for yourself an iron pan. And you're going to make it as an iron wall between yourself and the city. And you should set your face against it. And this is a sign to Beit Yisrael. It's interesting, according to this image, it's almost like, um, how should I say it, that Yecheskel is like God, and the city is under siege, and there is a brick wall, an iron wall, a hester panim, a hiddenness, a, a, a barrier between God and the city. But soon we're going to see that the role of Yecheskel changes, because in so what we so far we have the brick we have the uh, siege the model of the siege and the iron barrier the iron curtain and now pasuk dalad so you're going to lie motionless it would seem on your left hand side and how long are you going to do this 390 days you are going to lie on your left side and you're going to bear the sin of Yisrael. And when you finish this, you're going to lie on your right side and you're going to bear the sin of Bet Yehuda. Arba'im yom, yom l'shana, yom l'shana. This reminds us, I have to say, of the Maraglim. 40 days, one day for a year, one day for a year. There it's 40, 40 years each year for a day. Um, what exactly is this 390 days? So according to all of the commentaries, 390 days refers to the sins of Mamlecha Israel, the northern kingdom. And the 40 days refers to 40 years of sinning of the southern kingdom after the demise of the north. 
though I have to admit that these uh, days don't quite add up. The, the, the people were in the, in, the, in the kingdom, of in the land of Israel for a lot longer than 430 years. And uh, the years don't quite add up. I think it's the Al-Barbanel who says that 430 years is the amount of time that the Jews, according to uh, Shemot Perek Yudbet, uh, the amount of time that the Jews were in Egypt, 430 years. Maybe the point is to say that you came out of Egypt to create a different type of society. Why, why did I bother taking you out of Egypt if you were just going to sin? But let's go back to the story. So he's, he's sort of motionless. And this reminds us of what we already heard about in the previous chapter. If you recall, when we spoke about um, Yechezkel's silence, his mutinous, and there he was told in Pasuk Chafhei, Perek Gimel Pasuk Chafhei, I've given you ropes, and are you going to be bound up by them? You won't be able to go out amongst the people. So essentially what has happened here is, is that the siege uh, is being represented by Yechezkel. And it's interesting, he has to be there for 430 days. I wonder whether 430 days might indeed be the length of the siege of Jerusalem. Uh, something like, you know, over a year, and whichever way. Um, and now we get to the next stage. And some of you might know this from um, the serial, which is called Ezekiel 4.9. I don't know if you've come across that serial uh, or that bread in the United States. But he tells us next, Pasuk Tet, Take wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and emmer and put them into a vessel and bake them into bread. And then he says, and he says, um, and, and this food is going to be, so this is uh, the food that you shall eat should be by weight, 20 shekels a day, and you should only drink water by measure, six of a hin. And essentially they, they make this bread um, and then, and here's going to get, maybe take, turn you off that cereal, because what he then says is, what you're meant to do is, Pasuk Yudbet, Bugat Sorim Tochalena, and you're going to eat this bread, you're going to actually bake this bread using fuel, and that fuel will be made out of human excrement. Human excrement. And what is all of this about? So if you look at the final um, verse of the Perek, you will see that it tells us, he says, um, Vayome Eli Re'ein, sorry, I'm going to break the supply of bread in Yerushalayim. They're going to eat bread in very small measure, and they're going to drink water very sparingly. In other words, What's actually happening here is that um, Yechezkel is acting as if he himself is in the siege of Jerusalem. 
um, Professor Yehuda Felix worked out the calculations and according to what he worked out, he's drinking something like 650 milliliters of water. That's like two glasses of water a day. And he's eating less than a thousand calories of food a day. He's definitely, you know, under what he needs to uh, live on, maybe because he's motionless. He's not using up a particular amount, a, a large amount of energy. But what he's actually doing here is he's acting out being in a siege. He's acting out being in a siege as if he cannot move. He's not allowed access, exit or access. And he is lying motionless, left side, right side, and eating this food, cooking it on human excrement, because the assumption is that during a siege, there won't be any, um, any fuel. Chapter five is going to take this even further, where in chapter five, he's going to be told, take a razor, and cut off all the hair of your head and your beard. And what you're going to do is a third of it, you're going to burn in fire, after you've finished your lying down, burn a third of it in fire, and a third of it you are going to hit with the sword or maybe cut with the sword, and a third you are going to spread to the wind, throw to the wind. And I think this is also, of course, very clear that what it means is that a third of the people are going to die by the sword, and a third are going to be consumed by fire, and a third are going to be scattered into exile. What's happening is that Yechezkel, as we've seen many times with prophets, becomes almost like a, 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 an actor, and he's acting out the scene in, in a sort of symbolic way. I wonder who saw him. He's doing some of this in his house. Um, how many people saw him actually do it? Was this a, performed for a particular group for everyone to see? How did he publicize it? By the way, after this playing out the siege, in chapter 12, he's actually going to break a hole in the wall of his house and take some meager rations and act out, simulate uh, leaving the siege, uh, just like maybe the king of Israel did, by escaping through a hole in the wall. Uh, that will be in chapter 12. So he's he's genuinely um, demonstrating to the people of Bavel, as we've said already, there is no CNN, there is no internet, there is no ability for people in Bavel to know what is happening in Jerusalem. And it's almost as if Yechezkel is himself representing, acting, uh, playing out this drama of the tragedy of Jerusalem um, in a remote location here in Bavel, but really acting out this sense of the, the siege on Jerusalem, the extreme dif distance between the people and God, the effects of their sins, the meager rations, and the consequences of the Horban. That's it for today. See you tomorrow.